Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. The streaming wars are about to get even bigger. Last week, Viacom CBS launched a new service called Paramount Plus. That joins Netflix and Hulu and Disney Plus and HBO Max and more I cannot even name right now in competing for your subscription dollars. And as this market gets more and more crowded, the big media companies are running into a unique problem. The average U.S. consumer isn't really going to pay for five or six of these. Recode's Ronnie Mola has been digging into some of the data on this and is here to tell us what it all means. Hey, Ronnie. Hey, Teddy. So quickly, Paramount Plus, is this just another, you know, entree and a menu of options? Or or what is, where do they fit into the wars here? Yeah, they've got a bunch of classic TV shows, movies, a lot of really uh, nostalgic things. They've got reboots of stuff you didn't really know you wanted a reboot of, um, Frasier. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling, tossed salads and scrambled eggs. Uh, I guess you could get some early access to some Hollywood movies. And obviously, Netflix is the dominant player in this. And, you know, they've been doing this for for way longer. CBS is definitely coming late. Right. They're launching their service now after all of these other services have already come out. And tell me about the data you've seen that that reveals where Americans are actually spending their money. So we have this data from a startup called Antenna, which uses data from online bill payments to sort of see where people are spending their money. Okay. Okay. One caveat to this data is it's looking at a consumer basis. So if you have an HBO password and you're paying for it and you're using your maybe your partner or your roommate's Netflix, it's only going to count one of those. The major takeaway from it is that, you know, two years ago, back when like there was just Netflix and Hulu, basically, people had on average 1.25 services, right? And then as of January of this year, when you have so many more options out there, people have 1.5 different streaming services on average. Huh. So slightly more, but not a ton more. And that obviously raises the question, right, of why aren't people buying new subscriptions or are they and they're substituting, you know, getting rid of Netflix and doing a Paramount Plus or, or uh, do we know why exactly people aren't adding, at least in net, a number of new subscriptions? Um, It's probably a combination of things. People trying out a lot of new services, maybe Mm -hmm. not paying for them right away or getting them free for a while and then not actually signing on after the trial period's over. Gotcha. Um, I mean, this has got to be pretty discouraging if you're launching a new service, right? If you see data that suggests that, you know, uh, if you're you're a CBS executive and you see that all these new entrants, uh, you know, some of them game toeholds, right? Like Disney Plus is doing pretty well, right? Um, But... But you have to find new customers, right? Because people on average aren't necessarily paying for more. So you have to find people who aren't paying for anything right now or are only paying for one and are willing to add a second. Right. The thought for a long time was that people, you know, they were getting rid of their cable bundle, which costs, you know, something on average of like a hundred bucks. And then then they're going to replace it with with a whole bunch of different streaming services, right? To equal a hundred bucks. And that just doesn't seem to be happening according to the data. Huh. 
people are spending less overall? Yeah, I mean, people are only getting one or one or two services, so you know they're spending ten, fifteen bucks per service. Yeah, so it's it's it seems like that's not turning out to be like a replacement for what they used to spend on cable. Right. I guess a, a bull case might be that it just takes time. Right. That you know they'll eventually add five or six things to replace um, the subscription they used to have in the past through a cable provider, and you know to cut the cord they need to try a lot of things out. Right. But obviously, so far. Uh, this data shows that people are barely doing more than they were two years ago, even though they're swimming more and more in options. Right. Or maybe it's just kind of complicated to have a, a billion different services. Right. So tell me, of all these services, which are customers most likely to pay for? I mean, definitely the front runner is Netflix, but it's also been around for the longest. But, you know, they have more than 70 million U.S. Uh, customers. That's more than like half of ha- the households in America have Netflix already, you know. Wow. So it's pretty big. I didn't realize it was quite that large. Yeah. Um, and Netflix customers are, are loyal, right? Because they've been doing this for a longer time than someone who just signed up, you know, uh, for for a Paramount Plus or for Disney Plus or for something like that started last year. It's routine to pay the Netflix bill. Yeah, I mean, that seems to be the case. The data we looked at showed people who actually got a new subscription in the first half of uh, 2020 and then what percentage of those people have still held on to it are still paying for it now. And mm-hmm. by far, um, Netflix was leading. And I think something like 75% of the people who subscribed in the first half of um, 2020 still had Netflix. And the drop-off rate is just much higher for the other services. What is it for, say, Apple Plus? So you have on the other end of the spectrum, Apple TV Plus, uh, which just has 34% of its new huh. 2020 subscribers still holding on to it. So, so half the retention rate that Netflix has. Yeah, basically. And uh, so what does this mean for anyone who's competing with Netflix? Like, you know, whether it's Apple Plus or, you know, HBO or Paramount Plus, you know, is showing up to this late. Um, does it mean that people aren't willing to spend, you know, even just $10 a month to, uh, you know, see a couple shows they like? Or, or does it suggest that, you know, they need to drop something else, right? That Paramount needs to prove that it's better than Netflix, better than Hulu, better than Apple TV+. Plus. Tell me what you're thinking right now if you're an executive looking at the same data that you've pulled. Uh, so right now it does seem sort of zero-sum. You know, maybe people are going to get one or two uh, subscriptions, so you kind of have to re- replace one. It's mm. um, it's not additive. It's more I have to get rid of one in order to get another one, at least as far as it looks now. You can read more of Ronnie's work at recode.net. Ronnie, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me, Teddy. <laughs> 